You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Bunker, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Good morning, sheepdogs. I wanted to uh, talk today in today's episode about things I love about being a civilian police chaplain. So, so many times life is full of negative things. So many times life has these moments that are frustrating, they're heartbreaking. Um, so many times the things that we deal with, the emotional fallout, the collateral damage, they're not fun. And um, I get to be there for a lot of those things in people's lives and I'm honored, uh, whether it's picking up the pieces or just dealing with a minor crack in life. But there are moments that are truly incredible, weddings, um, there, there are moments like that when a child is born, helping someone move. Um, I'm a very hands-on chaplain, and so I get to help with things like that. Um, so there's that. But there's also, there's also moments where I have been able to talk to a, a young man for a period of time, and things start to click. Um, they are, they're realizing that they need something bigger than themselves in their life and they are adding that to it. Um, I have several police officers that are, are in church now, have a relationship with the Lord now that didn't before I uh, was given this ministry. And that's an amazing thing. All the way over to um, career changes. I've had police officers that I've looked at that I'm like, look, you really, you really kind of need, you're, you're thinking about it, you really kind of need a change of pace. And uh, uh, I recently had an officer that um, We've been talking for the last several years about finances and being debt free and really kind of taking the Dave Ramsey path to financial freedom. And uh, I'm definitely not uh, a strict adherent to all of his teachings, but I use a lot of them. And um, if you want to if you want to take away one of the three big marriage killers, get your finances under control. And I've got a, a, prior, a prior episode where I talk about the three marriage killers back in season one. And uh, if you if you check that out, uh, the, the, basically the three marriage killers are adultery and money and how you raise your kids. And if you can get on the same page with all three of those, not cheating on your spouse is pretty straightforward. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, getting your finances in order is important. And also getting your um, getting on the same page with kids and kids and stepkids. That is a huge part. That is a huge part of um, having a successful marriage. Well, getting those finances under control is is huge because going back to that, because if you don't, you're literally uh, setting yourself up for failure. And if you're not on the same page financially, one of you spending money that shouldn't be, or both of you spending money that you shouldn't be, you're going to set yourself up for failure. <clears throat> and I had given this young man I gave him a little folder and I said, in this is probably the greatest gift I've ever given you. Well, the Lord's blessed me to be able to give him and many officers over time gifts, many things that come to me that I've just been able to pass on. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know how many times I've been working with a client and they've given me something and they're like, here, give this to one of your departments that you work with. And uh, so that has been a, that has been very fulfilling at times. Well, this was one of those moments and I gave him this folder and he opened it and inside of it was a simple budget. And I said, this is probably the most freeing thing I've ever experienced. And it sounds backwards. 
and um, he's received some some jujitsu training in the course of his uh, time in law enforcement. And I'm like, look, you know, this is having a budget is like having a bad guy handcuffed in one hand and you've pushed him down to the ground and somebody's running up to fight you to, to help the, the, the perp that you have in custody. And you draw your weapon, you draw your sidearm, you draw your taser and you point it at him and you're like, look, I'll shoot you. And <clears throat> he kind of laughed, but he liked the analogy. I said, having your finances under control takes one of those threats out. And it, the amount of peace that it brings to your life is unbelievable. The peace is more important than toys. It's more important than keeping up with the Joneses. It's more important than hobbies. The peace is powerful. Plus, when you have your finances under control, you literally have the opportunity to buy the toys if that's something you still want. I remember a time in my life when I wanted a racing four-wheeler and I wanted an off-road Jeep and I wanted all these things. And now I want to be completely out of debt because, and I want to be independently wealthy because I want to give it away. I want to be, I want to not have to worry about my own bills. It's like not worrying about your own health so you can be concerned about someone else's, you know, if you're in the medical field not being worried about your own personal safety so that you can protect someone else. That's where I want to be with my finances. And he experienced that recently. They've paid off some things and I think they're down to just their house. And I've got several young officers that I've had that conversation with and I've seen those things happen. They've sent me pictures of the payoff notifications they've gotten. That's powerful. And that's one of my favorite things as a chaplain. Um, when someone, it, it's part of mentorship, it's part of that friendship. When someone is breaking free from the, the trap, um, the book of Proverbs talks about that he, he who has debt has a master. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like finances controlling me. I want to control my finances. I want to use them to my end. I don't want to be used to theirs. And a lot of that is just having the discipline. Jocko Willenick says discipline equals freedom. And he's not, he's not wrong. And um, you want to listen to something motivational, Jocko Willink. So another thing that that is one of the things that I dearly love about being a chaplain is I really love the I love the moments where someone's spiritual life is starting to take off. And uh, had a phone call this morning uh, with a young man who. Um, he's setting aside uh, quiet time for his own Bible study. He's setting aside time. He's working out and mind, body, soul. He is working to become the man he wants to be. And to me, it's surreal when somebody looks at my life and says, you know, I want to be more like what you try to be. That's surreal. And it's a gut check for me because it's humbling. Um, the Apostle Paul talks about in the New Testament, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, I don't know that I can say that with that that amount of dedication because I know that I'm really working on my own journey as well. I'm a very flawed human being. Sometimes when I get mad, things come out of my mouth that shouldn't. I mean, I'm a flawed human being. You know, they're, they're, I'm not perfect. But when someone says, hey, I see things in you that I like and I want those things for myself, I'm deeply honored. And I've been on my own journey of personal development for several years now and realizing there's things about my personality that I want to change. So when someone comes along and says, hey, your journey, your journey is inspiring me, that's that's surreal to me. Um, with the church safety guys, I've experienced that where people have come alongside us and said, hey, what you guys are doing with your security teams at your churches 
I admire that. And I, I want to see that happen with my own team or, or the classes that you take or whatever. You are a, you're a thought leader, as Michael Scully says. He's one of the church safety guys. Or, or you are an inspiration to me. It floors me. It gut checks me to make sure that I'm doing a good job and makes me want to go back to scripture and take another peek and make sure that I'm doing it right. But that's that's a very surreal thing to me. And it's also very deeply honoring. And it's moments like that where I have those conversations and somebody's like, I'm going to start this journey. I'm going to get into the word. I'm going to start going to church. I've got questions. And, and I'm a I'm a civilian police chaplain. I'm a firm believer in God. I'm a firm believer that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. If you don't believe that that way, that is fine. I'm not going to push it on you. But guess what? It doesn't change my belief. And um, But I love when I see that have an impact in somebody's life. And I'll have these conversations with these young officers that are extremely meaningful. So I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and we'll come back to talking about some of the things that I really love about being a civilian police chaplain. So uh, John Leo Riley uh, entering into my second season with him being a sponsor. Incredible guy. He is a believer uh, in Christ and uh, does a phenomenal job with uh, teaching de-escalation to law enforcement, to businesses, to churches and de-escalation training is an incredible thing. Um, you know, when, what is it? Proverbs says that he, he who controls his tongue is greater than he who can take a city. More wars have been started. I've talked about this before. More wars have been started by people who uh, couldn't control their tongue than, than, you know, people who blew up bombs, you know, or stabbed somebody with a sword. More wars have been started that way. Um, the tongue holds the power of life and death. That is so true. How many times have you seen somebody talk themselves into a fight, talk themselves into handcuffs? I've literally seen people run their mouth right into a set of handcuffs. And I'm like, if you, you, you had the right to remain silent, but you didn't have the ability. And I mean, like, if you would just do this, you could have avoided that. Well, we've also, any, if anybody spent any time around the badge, you've also seen that person that shows up as backup or maybe their primary, and they don't have the interpersonal skills to be able to de-escalate a situation. And I've seen it. I've seen it done well. Uh, years ago, I was with a young police officer that he de-escalated a situation beautifully. And we were tag team in a bad situation. And the guy, I've talked about this before, but the guy that was going to end up getting tased if it didn't de-escalate, he was probably candidate number one. He went to the chief of police in that town and shocker had something positive to say. And he's like, listen, that young man is squared away. And he is, he's done a lot of FTO work. So I'm going to take a quick uh, coffee sip break, which brings me to my second my second sponsor. And I have been blessed to have and still have uh, Got Your Six Coffee as one of my sponsors. And uh, I'm a founding member of that company. I love to see the lives that are changed. I talked about recently that I had been, I'd been at an event. I was pulling security, doing uh, there for medical, for emergency medical. There were a lot of people that were doing some high-speed training, shooting a um, lot, of, lot of long guns, back and forth going uh, going up and down the range and what have you. And so I was pulling security because obviously you don't want bad guys trying to come in and get their hands on that many firearms. And I was helping people load magazines and different things. And at first, a lot, a lot of times when people hear that I am a chaplain, they, uh, oh, oh um, um, I'm, I'm not sure what to do. I've had people like just blanch in the middle of a conversation. They just go white. 
And, you know, I, I just cussed in front of a chaplain. And uh, I'm not going to take offense to that. You swear at me and I might eventually get frustrated with you, but but swear to me in my presence. And that's between you and God. That, that doesn't impact me. But um, I was listening to these different guys talk and helping them load magazines and uh, loaded hundreds of magazines in two days uh, because people I've loaded a lot of magazines in my time and I don't it takes a lot to get my hands sore from doing it. And some of these guys that were coming in, veterans, law enforcement, different types of EMS and first responders that were at this event, a lot of them don't have that. They don't load magazines all the time. So I got to help out with that. And I got to hear these stories, some of which were incredibly inspiring and uh, about people who had been on the brink of suicide and come back from it or uh, lost all their motivation and come back from it. And um, that is, that is an incredible thing to experience and be there for, and to make friends with people who are like, Hey, you know, I like you. I, I like what you stand for and what you do. You're all right. And, uh, that was one of those, that was one of those events. Um, and we'll talk more about that in other episodes, but the reason I mentioned all that now during our sponsor break is that is the mission, the core mission of Got Your Six Coffee is to change lives, is service to those who serve. There's purpose in every cup. And they do so many things behind the scenes that people don't know about. They just don't know that those things happen. You have to really follow their social media closely. And uh, there's a really good chance that they are going to have a full-on TV show. Um, there are physical locations coming that will be selling their coffee. Um, this is an extremely exciting thing. And by the way, if you're out there in the, in the wilderness of the U S you're out there somewhere and you are, you know, a, a coffee shop or a store, turn them on to got your six coffee. And uh, as they begin to ship out and to wholesale into different companies, that is literally going to provide more service to those who serve. And, uh, that's what I love about got your six coffee. If you've never heard me talk about them, you've probably not listened to another episode. Uh, if this is your first episode greetings, but that is, um, that is what made me fall in love with got your six coffee as a company and become very close friends with Eric Hadley. The founder is we're on the same mission. We're here to help people. We just, we just do it slightly differently. We're here to help people. And we care about those who, who don a uniform of service every day. And uh, so Got Your Six Coffee, check them out. Every time you drink a cup, every time you brew a pot of Got Your Six Coffee, you change the life of a firefighter, an EMT, a paramedic, a police officer, or a veteran. So that is why I drink Got Your Six Coffee. And I am a cup of Joe guy. It's black. It's dark. It's rich. I drink it. I love it. I, I oftentimes will be getting a coffee somewhere and the, the barista, the whoever it is, will be like, you know, how do you want your coffee? And I'll be like dark like my soul. And my wife's like, I don't know why he says that. He's nothing like that. He, he says that. It, that's not him at all. And I laugh and the barista laughs and we move on with life. Followed by the third sponsor uh, is Matt Combs, Shield Force International, um, law enforcement training par excellence and hand-to-hand uh, -hand training, mindset training. There's so much about surviving the fight, being a good police officer, being able to handle situations is really, it starts in the mind. If you have the confidence and you have the training, it telegraphs. And, you know, um, Sun Tzu talks about the fact that if you, if you know yourself and you know your enemy, you'll win every battle. There's a reality to this. There's a reason that man said that thousands of years ago. If you don't know yourself, 
you could lose. If you don't know the enemy, you probably will lose. But if you know yourself and you know your enemy, there's a good chance you will win. And it, law enforcement does a great job of training you about what you will encounter on the job, but it doesn't do a great job of training you about mindset and how to survive the job. And he does mindset training. He does a lot with counter ambush and surviving the fight training, um, knife defense training. I have gone through that. I need to go through it again because it was phenomenal, but I've gone through that training with him and had the bruises for a week to prove it. Um, rubber knife fighting a Marine to go through his class. Good stuff. I would do it again in a heartbeat. If you told me right now that this afternoon I could take his class again, I'd be there. Phenomenal stuff. Check out Shield Force International with Matt Combs. So coming back to talking about to talking about what I love about being a chaplain. I love being there in the moment. A friend of mine says that I have a ministry of presence. It's my presence in the vehicle. I love praying with these officers. They'll have a prayer request, something that they're hurting about, something that they want prayed about. And I love praying for those things. What is it that's on your heart right now? But I don't know how many times I've been going down the road next to a, a police officer and we're responding to mutual aid to a, a bad situation. And we pray that God goes ahead of us and fights that fight before we get there. Um, and it and it just de-escalates. It just drops. And that's God. And when that happens, I've, I've had officers turn to me uh, with everything from shock to just going, amen. Um, I had an officer recently, we were headed to the scene of something and um, we just, I think we had just reached his city limits to go mutual aid to another community. And we were about to cross over into county, having been requested to go mutual aid. And it stopped and de-escalated, one in custody. And he turns to me and he's like, just like that. And he laughed because he's a believer and he understands that um, there's power in prayer. We'll talk more about that in another episode. But then you've also got, then you've also got situations where um, you're right there. I was, I was in one the other night. I rode my very last ride along. I rode with a young police officer. And as I was riding with him, um, pulled over somebody's suspicion of DUI, had good probable cause on him. And immediately the officer's pulling the guy out of the vehicle and putting him in handcuffs. Come to find out he has no deal. He has no driver's license. Um, he's driving literally, uh, doesn't even have an ID card. And um, immediately the two passenger side doors open and two guys start out the side doors. And I'm telling you what, I was out of that, out of that police SUV quick, fast and in a hurry because um, not only do I care about this young man, he is, he's a squared away cop for his age. He's, he's, he's got a phenomenal career ahead of him and um, works for a great department, works for a good chief. And a, I, I would arguably say a great chief, but I come out the side of that vehicle because I know he's about to be fighting three dudes. And as I come out, um, really come to find out it was more of a cultural misunderstanding um, a little bit of a language barrier, but more of a cultural misunderstanding. And um, those folks were back in the vehicle pretty quickly. Nobody had to get hurt. Nobody had to get tased at all. Uh, but I was coming out of that vehicle in a hurry. People don't know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And it's moments like that, I think, that speak volumes to someone in uniform that, hey, you're not just a paper tiger. You'll come out to help me you'll come out to protect me. And that that's an old saying from Asia. Like, you know, if you've ever walked around the corner and seen a, a mural on a wall and been like, whoa, you know, I, I talked to a police officer that was clearing a building one day and uh, it's like super early in the morning, the alarm's going off. 
Um, there had been somebody breaking into it, most likely. And he comes around the corner and down a flight of stairs and comes face to face with a person. And he's shining his light on him. He, and this is before the days of, uh, you know, tactical weapon mounted lights. And he's he's got, you know, one hand over the other driven out. And he's looking face to face with a, a human being and realizes it's a mannequin. And it had been positioned at the bottom of the stairs facing the staircase. <laughs> so he came face to face with it. Um, that mannequin can't hurt him. It's a paper tiger. There are people who are paper tigers. They, they, they talk a lot. Um, but they, they wouldn't have your back when the chips are down. And I don't want to be that guy. Uh, I don't believe I am that guy. And I think in that moment, that officer knew that I had his back, um, that I was all in. I was pushing the chips across the table and that I, I had his back. And I get emotional about that. I am my brother's keeper. That is one of the things I love about being a chaplain and being a hands-on right there chaplain. I, one of my, one of my guys that I chaplain calls me the tactical chaplain and because I'm, I am right there and I will help them. And, uh, you know, I've literally slammed on the brakes and jumped out of my vehicle and taken off running to back a police officer. And they know that I love them. And uh, scripture says, greater love, greater love hath no man than this, than that he would lay down his life for his friends. And that's an easy thing for people in law enforcement to get because you do, you write a blank check with your life and you, you hand it in every day that you put on a uniform. It's one of the scary things about being in law enforcement, especially in today's day and age. You better keep your head on the swivel right now, brother, sister, because there's people that want to take your life. They want to force you to cash that check. And when I have an opportunity to be there with a police officer, that is something I'm deeply passionate about. I've cleared buildings with cops. Um, they're a young cop. I talked to him this morning, the young, the young man that I talked to this morning. Years ago, no backup. We cleared a graveyard together, literally cleared a cemetery together. And everything in that cemetery was cover for, for pistol caliber cartridges, meaning if the bad guy had popped up from behind a tombstone or uh, behind some type of a, of a uh, little building, you know, a shed or whatever um, behind a tree, all of those were cover legitimate cover for pistol cartridges, meaning we would have been in a gun battle and we were, we stayed about 25 feet apart anywhere. He was looking, I was looking in the opposite area and the guy was believed to be armed and dangerous. Um, that has blessed my ministry immensely from people knowing this dude will have my back. And, um, I'm honored to be in that role. And now that, uh, I've been offered a commission by a department, it will allow me to take that to the next level. There's a few things I hate more than standing outside of a house um, on a ride along when I know that that officer has gone inside and they could be in danger. I don't like that. Uh, I want to be there for that officer and have their back. And um, there are a few things I hate more than sitting in a patrol car, um, patrol truck, patrol US, uh, uh, SUV. Uh, there's a few things I hate more than that when I know that that officer is out of that vehicle and maybe dealing with a life or death situation, I would much rather be posted up on the opposite side of the vehicle, looking through the window, tapping the glass and going, don't touch that. Um, if it was a life or death situation for that officer, I would much rather be able to do that. And now I've been presented with the opportunity to be my brother's keeper on a better level, um, to have an even greater understanding of what law enforcement goes through because I share that burden. Yeah, I'll be deeply honored to do that. So this is going to be a shorter podcast than normal, but I, I just, it just hit me this morning when I was talking to this young man on the phone, how much I love being a chaplain. It doesn't pay. I make zero money, um, but I don't do it for that. 
Um, I do it because I care. And going to their weddings, um, one of the earliest things I got to do, I, I was asked by a young officer to attend his wedding. Um, and I, I don't do weddings, um, but I, I mean, I'm not, I'm a, I'm ordained as a chaplain. I'm not ordained as a, as a standard minister, but I am very deeply honored when somebody says, Hey, um, this is, you know, I want you to be here for this thing. Very deeply honored in those moments to be that part of that young officer's life. Um, those are the moments that I deeply cherish and care about. And, um, I've been there for some of the best and some of the worst moments of their life. We've sat and cried together uh, at some of the worst moments in their lives. And my good friend and my pastor that passed away just a hair over two years ago, he taught me many, many things in life. Um, he taught me a lot. But one of the things that he taught me was uh, talking about that people will remember you at the best of times and worst of times. What were you doing at the best of times and worst of times? If you want to have an impact on your brothers and sisters behind the badge, if you want to have a, an impact on your community and your circle, remember that during the best of times, people will remember, were you there and how did you conduct yourself? And during the worst of times, meaning, were you there for the wedding? Were you there for the funeral? Were you there when their baby was born? Were you there to help them move? Big deal. Were you, were you there at at the worst moment of their life? Were you there at two o'clock in the morning when they were on the side of the road and there'd been a bad situation? Where were you when the chips were down? Where were you at the, that best or worst moment? And there are times, obviously you're off duty, you're home, you don't need to be listening to the scanner all the time. You don't need to be constantly leaving to, to run to the sound of the gun. I don't mean that. I've seen that damage relationships at home. I don't have a scanner at my house for a reason because I wouldn't stay on the bench. Um, if there was a fight on the field, I would be in the middle of that fight on the field, proverbially speaking, uh, because I care about these young officers. But what I am talking about is when you're in the game, be in the game. And when somebody's hurting, help them to find positive coping mechanisms. I had a conversation with a chief of police this week that broke my heart. And it's, I was asking him questions for an upcoming podcast that I'll be doing soon. Uh, talking about advice for young police officers just getting into the game. And man, did he give some good advice. But as I was asking him those questions and talking to him about being, being a seasoned veteran cop and what is it that you would give for advice, the subject of coping mechanisms and dealing with stress came up and he said, you know, during my career, I have been shocked and dismayed and broken hearted to learn about police officers who have used drugs, drugs and alcohol to deal with stress. And he's like, I try to use humor and go home and try to take and not take things home with me. And we had a great talk about that. And that is one of those things that you can make a difference. If you see somebody starting to stumble and they're starting to fall down uh, the well, as it were, they, something they need to get away from, um, you can lovingly be there to be your brother's keeper. So I'm going to pray this episode out. Uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Lord God, I thank you for the men and women that don a uniform of service every day, be they military or law enforcement. Lord God, I ask that you would protect them. Uh, our firefighters, our EMS, Lord God, our paramedics, all of these folks, that you would keep them safe and uh, that you would bend the bullets supernaturally around them when the attack comes. Lord God, that you would keep them safe, that they would have that confidence and that peace, that you have them, that you hold them in the palm of your hand, that you hold their life near and dear 
to you in the palm of your hand. And Lord God, um, I thank you that we can rest in the shelter of the Most High. I thank you that we can know that we are saved, that we have salvation, Lord God. I thank you for the fact that me, as a very imperfect man, as a, as a sinful man, that you have saved me, and I thank you for that, that I will one day be with you in heaven. And Lord God, I ask that you would help many uh, out there, there for there to be a revival that sweeps through law enforcement, that your word and uh, your love would uh, become just evident everywhere in law enforcement. And that is one of the biggest desires of my of my heart is keeping good cops behind badges and having having cops in a right relationship with you is the way to do it. And Lord God, I ask that again for protection over these officers and their families, that you would guide them, you would bless them and protect them, that you would bless their marriages, their relationships with their kids, their relationships with their friends and their careers, Lord God. And that if anyone any bad guy wants to come against them, you'd cause that bad guy to stumble, that they would, that their plan would fail, that they would trip up and they would be seen for what they're trying to do before it happens. We ask this in your son, Jesus name, the only name that makes it possible in your son, Jesus name. Amen. Guys, I'll see you next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast. 